I'm one of the pastors here, and that was wonderful what our sister had to share. I just want to let you know that there's times where God does want to speak to us as his people. And, and this is what we ask here at Shiloh, that if, if God has put it on your heart to say something, please come speak to myself or Ed, because we, instead of you talking from your seat, we'd rather have you come up front and use a microphone, then everyone can hear you. But for the other reason, that there's times sometimes where, where you or I may feel like, yeah, this is what God wants me to share. And it, sometimes it fits and sometimes it doesn't fit. So all things can be done in order. If, if you have a word on a Sunday morning that you feel that God wants you to share, then please come see us first before you, before you just speak. Thank you so much, sister. That was wonderful. And I do confirm what you said. That was beautiful. So I appreciate you doing that. Just want to explain a little bit about how we would do that going forward. So this morning we're talking about Hello, My Name Is, and the title of my message is Don't Just Believe, But Belong. So if you've been coming here for the past, I think this is our fifth week in this series. This will be our last week in the series because next week we're starting Given. You kind of know what's going to happen now, but for those of you it's your first time, we've all got name tags on for a reason. That's because I'm sure there's still people that you still don't know in this church. You may be sitting over here and there's people over here you've never met before or vice versa. Uh, so we're all going to get up and I'm going to ask you, go introduce yourself to someone you don't know and, uh, and get to know them. All right. So let's just take a minute and do that. Everybody, time to get up. <laughs> I don't know you. What's your name? What's your name? If you want to make your way back to your seats, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Even though beyond today we won't be doing name tags next week, let's all have this agreement. If you see someone next week and you forget their name, you know what, just be honest and say, wow, I forgot your name already. Can you tell me your name again? I do it probably 15 times for every person in this church. I I see Gloria every week and now I'm going to remember Gloria's name because I see her and I, I never remember her name, but now past couple weeks, I'm saying hi to Gloria. So next week, Gloria, if I forget your name, don't worry, just tell me your name all over again. And, uh, and I'll be honest and let you know I forgot your name. But yeah, so we're, we're talking about, okay, getting to know one another as the family of God, but also getting to know who Shiloh is as our vision. And we've, we've talked about every week. It's out of Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. And it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Right? We all start by getting to know who Jesus is, 
But, but even though we, you may have started years ago, you may have started yesterday, I want to tell you, your knowing of God is something that continues on for the rest of your life. Right? We, we come to know Him deeper in many ways throughout the rest of our spiritual lives. So know God. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. We all need to be enlightened. We all have a past that binds us, that holds us back. We need to, we need to be enlightened. We need to find freedom. That's, what, that's where that comes. And, and, and why? Why should we find freedom? In order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. God has a calling for each one of us this morning. You may have walked in and say, I don't know what my calling is. But God does. And God has a purpose for you. And we want to discover that purpose together so that the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God puts us all together. We all come together as, with purpose and one heart and one mind and unity, not just for ourselves, but to make a difference. So that's where our, um, our vision is coming from, and, and that's where, where we're heading forward now. Last week, I had Gary Potovin come up and just share from his heart something that God had put on, uh, on him as he was traveling back from China. And, and he uh, just brought so wonderfully a story about what it looks like to make a difference. So this week, I've got another person I'm going to invite up. I'm looking for him. There he is, Blake Prater. Would you welcome Blake? Come on up. Hey, guys. How's it going? I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. This is a fantastic family to be a part of. So this no God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference, that, that really resonates with me. You know, I've been a Christian my whole life, but if you're like, you know, how would, what would like be the process be? You know, I would, wouldn't really be able to give you much of an answer. So that resonates so much with me. And this last year, um, we decided to shut the youth group down for, uh, for eight weeks. Um, there was a lot of ch- things that we wanted to change and, you know, there was a direction we wanted to go in that would have been very hard if we, we, we'd have kept it, um, up and running. So that's what we did. And, um, we got together and started talking about, okay, like what's our, what's our vision statement? You know, what are your goals? You know, basic things like that when, when you're starting something like that. And we couldn't find anything better than that. So we stole this one. So if you go downstairs in the shine room, you'll see stuff that it says, no God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Because I don't really feel like this, and I know I'm supposed to talk about the youth group, but like this and where it's like being put in the culture, it doesn't really matter. It stays true. So it works. it's going to work for us downstairs. It's going to work for us upstairs. So this pattern of unity can continue, which we're super excited about. Um, but that being said, our official launch night is this Wednesday, March 6th. The doors are going to be open. Yeah, go ahead. There we go. Got a lot of the Shine staff back there, so they're as excited as I am. Um, so the doors are going to open at 6.30. Um, youth is going to start at 7. It's from 6th to 12th grade. Um, so here's, I'm going to start giving you guys some things you can do um, to help us make a difference. The first one is you guys can pray for us. Um, this is a very exciting time, obviously, you know, in this youth group's life. Um, that we need to be prepared for. So you can pray for us. We're expecting um, some kids from New Life. Um, we've already had people tell us that they're coming that haven't been here to, before, so we're, we're expecting a really good harvest. Um, the second thing you can do on the back of that, if we have 100 kids, I'll be honest, we don't have the staff right, <laughs> right now to, to accommodate 100 kids. So that just tells me that if, you know, if the harvest is as big as I think God's telling me it's going to be, then we need some people to help us out. Um, so if you feel called and that, you know, that this is, a, this is an area that you've got some experience in, that you can make a difference in and whatnot, please come talk to me. 
um, I would love to see what we can do as far as getting you um, getting involved. But even if you don't like kids, if you want to like just be out in the parking lot and not talk to nobody and just keep them safe, I'll take that too. Um, so that, that's that. If you, if you have, feel like you're called or anything, please come talk to me or send me an email. The last thing you can do to help us is um, we've got two boxes in the back um, that say shine on them. There's one over there, and then there's one over here on your way out. If you feel called to help us out financially, the vision that we have for the youth group and the budget that we have just aren't, aren't right right now. Um, we, we've got some really high hopes and expectations and whatnot, and the reality is that that does um, cost money. Um, so if that's something that you, you feel called to help us out with, this is, you know, good ground. I promise it'll get put to good use. Um, it's all going back, back for the kids just to be able to give them a good launch. So that's what we're doing to make a difference. We're teaching our kids, um, to make a difference. And we hope to see you this Wednesday. If you're from sixth to 12th grade, got to clarify. <laughs> So I told you the title of the message was Don't Just Believe, Belong. And I want to start with a scripture in James 2.19, but before we read the scripture, I want to give you a little bit of background. So the book of James was written by the Apostle James, and he was writing to Jewish believers who had been scattered throughout the Mediterranean world because of persecution. So in their hostile surroundings, this is what they were tempted in. They were tempted to have an intellectual agreement instead of a true faith. So you might know from James 2.16, it says this, faith without works is dead. Let me say that again. Faith without works is dead. That's what James said in 2.16. Meaning this, that, that you can have a faith, but if you don't have any works that backs up your faith, if there's not some experience that's happening or, or some doing in, in, in terms of the believing and the doing together, it's dead. It's, it's not enough just to have it in your head. And, and then he goes on to say this in 2.19. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So there is an element that we can all walk in this morning and say, hey, I believe in God. Well, that's awesome. I'm happy that we all believe in God. But the demons believe in God too. It's not enough to just believe in God in your head. There's got to be an action. There's got to be something that happens in my life, in your life, that's proof that, that faith without works, there's works that go along with our faith because God is compelling us to do something more than just believe. It's our belief in action. So that's where I come to the statement, don't just believe, belong. Right? I, I look at belonging as an action verb that can happen when we believe. We recognize that God has called us to all belong. It's something beyond belief. And, and when I look at that, I see it in Scripture in Genesis 2.18 that the Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone. God created all of us with a heart to belong to someone. When, when Adam was naming all the other animals... He could see that there was a male and a female and a male and a female. And he's like, wait a minute, there's something different. There's only one of me. And that's when God made Eve and brought Adam and Eve together. But he put within our heart that we shouldn't be alone, that we should belong. And we see this throughout the New Testament in Romans 12, 4 and 5. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So that means this, that I'm not my own. I belong to you. 
And, and you don't belong to yourself. You belong to each other because as we come together as the body of Christ, we all belong to one another. So I could say this. If you one takeaway, God created us to belong, to be a family together. Now, I want to use an example from my own life. Many of you know that I, I grew up in a large family, but I've got a twin sister, two, year, two minutes older than I am. And, and as we were growing up, you know what? One of the unique things about having a twin sister is if you remember your birthday parties when you were little, when did you start to invite the opposite sex to your birthday party, right? To have a boy-girl birthday party. Remember that was really big when I was growing up? I've had boy-girl parties since whenever I had a birthday party. It was always boy-girl because my sister invited her friends. I invited my friends. We had a, a boy-girl boy -girl birthday. Say that again. Boy-girl birthday party. But there was a time where like for so many years, my friends were my sister's friends, her friends were my friends, and I knew all about her friends. She knew all about my friends. How could you not? But when we were like 10 or 12, I forget exactly what, she was going over to Darcy Naples' house, and I knew Darcy Naples. I'm like, Gina, Darcy's not that great a kid, you know? I mean, you just know reputations and, and whatnot, and she didn't want to listen to me. Well, anyway, she lied to my mom and dad. She wasn't going over to Darcy and Abel's house. They were just going to hang out after school. And they went to the corner store by, by the school and they bought cigarettes and, and they got caught smoking. Somebody was driving by, saw them smoking and ratted them out. And, and I remember that night, man, it wasn't cool in my house when my parents are confronting my twin sister about smoking when she was supposed to be at a friend's house instead. So, all right, Gina screwed up. As her twin brother, am I supposed to say, yeah, you know, and I can't associate with you anymore because you screwed up and I've been doing it all right. Like, no, we're part of a family. So what do families do? You come together and you support one another. Now, sure, did I say, Gina, like, what were you thinking? She's like, yeah, I know, Greg, I, I'll never do that again. Like, that was really dumb. Like, you can't, my, my parents never spared the rod. And in this situation, like, it wasn't a physical spanking, but like, there was a rod to be dealt with for, for her disobeying and her getting caught in lying. But when families come together, when you belong, you ever hear this statement, blood is thicker than water? Right? We, we don't shoot one another as the family of God. We come alongside one another and we protect one another and we help one another. We lift one another up. You know, if I had tried to point a finger at my sister at that point, it would only be in saying this, your sin looks different than my sin, so I'm going to point a finger at you. Because I had sin. Believe me, there was plenty of things I did wrong, but she got caught in her sin. It was pretty visible. And, and I think as the, as the Spirit of God brings us together as the family of God, God created us all to belong, to recognize that, okay, when He brings us together, of us that's better than another person here. You know, you, you may say, well, this person's got less financial means than I do, or he's got more financial means than, than she does. It, it doesn't matter what your means are. It doesn't matter what your background is. God loves all of us equally. And God put all of, in all of us a heart to belong. And that's what Shiloh is. It's a place to belong. If you go downstairs to the youth group room, which I guess now we'll call the shine room, on the wall it says, you belong here. And I love that. For kids to walk in, the first thing they see is, you belong here. And I want to tell us all, that's the way it is upstairs as well. You belong here. But as you belong here, what does belonging look like? There's, there's been a statement we've used in Shiloh for many years now, and it's this, it's this statement of owner versus renter. right? And, and you all know that there's differences when you own something or differences when you rent something. So let's talk about it for a minute. How many of you have ever owned a car? Yeah? 
Okay, you can raise your hand. Some of you want to own a car for the younger kids here, right? But if you've never owned a car, maybe you've rented a car. And, and you know if you own a car versus renting a car, there's differences. It's not that you try to trash your rental because you're going to have to pay for it. But if you're driving in a rental car and you hit a pothole, you're like, ah, oh, you know what? That's a bummer. I hit a pothole. You hit a pothole in your, the car that you own, you're like, ah, oh, now I'm going to have to get my wheels balanced or my tires aligned, you know, my, my car aligned. You, you know there's a cost. You know there's an investment that you're protecting when you own something versus when you rent something. So think about it for where you live. How many of you rent where you live? number of us do. How many of you own where you live? Yeah, I've rented and, and now I own. And you know what? There's some stark differences between the two. When you rent, you're not supposed to put that hole in the wall over there or, or, or have a puppy sometimes, if, depending on how the landlord is. Like there's certain things you can do and you can't do when you rent. If, if, if a brick in your front, you know, brick walk comes loose and you're renting, it's not your responsibility to fix it, is it? You call the landlord. You don't have to worry about the upkeep when you're renting, depending on what arrangement you have with your landlord. But when you own, if that brick comes loose in your front walk, you're like, I need to fix the brick. This is my place, right? I want to put a picture up. I can. I want to, I want to paint a wall a different color. That's your prerogative when you own. There's something that happens that's different in owning versus renting. Would you agree with me? So now let's ask, our, this, let's ask this question. Which one has more of a sense of belonging? I belong to a place. When I was renting, when, when Meg and I first got married, this was our place. It, we, we belong there. But something was different when we bought our first home. There, there was more of a sense of ownership in, in owning, and, and it felt like we really belonged because this was our place now, that this was the home that we owned versus just the, the apartment we rented or the home we rented for, for a time. So which one has more of a sense of belonging? You can belong if you come to Shiloh and you rent. But you know what? Your belonging is enhanced if you come to Shiloh and you feel like you're an owner. See the point I'm trying to make? And, and I think we all have that choice. Are we going to be an owner or are we going to be a renter? And as we're talking through the vision we mentioned a number of weeks ago, it's not just vision alone that gets us where we want to be. It's vision plus execution, right? And if we don't execute on this vision, uh, it was good, but it'll be forgotten. So now what does the execution look like? How do we learn together to come together as the body of Christ and to belong and to, to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference? There's something we're going to be executing on and we're calling them growth track classes. And, and we're saying that because this is how the vision and execution come together. They come together in four classes where we can take everyone through that, that might be new to Shiloh in the future. We want to take everyone through these classes. But for right now, if you're a part of Shiloh and you've never been through these classes, which we've only taken our small group leaders and extended leadership team through it so far as a pilot, everyone else, we want you to go through these growth track classes and understand, okay, this is where Shiloh is. This is where we're going. And, and have us all be on the same page because I think that's what makes our belonging enhanced. So there's four classes. The first one is who is Shiloh? You'll hear about how we grew up how God started Shiloh, what that looked like, what, what our spiritual journey is for each one of us. Then we're going to talk about how has God gifted me. This is more of a lab than a lecture. So if you've ever you know, been to high school and you know what a lab is, whether you had a chemistry lab or a biology lab or some kind of lab, it's where you take your learning and you actually do something, right? You, you might make measurements or, or whatever. Well, there's questionnaires and, and little tests that we're going to give ourselves 
that will enable us to understand what are our spiritual gifts and, and what's our personality style. And, and as we understand our personality style, how do we interface with other people? Because here's the way Shiloh happens on a Sunday morning. It takes about 40 to 50 people to volunteer, whether there is an usher or in the parking lot, in the children's ministry, in the coffee ministry, if we're having food on a Sunday morning and the, and the breakfast. So many people have to come together. And guess what? They come together in teams. So have you ever been part of a team at work where you get along with some of the team members and some of the other team members you don't really get, a part, you don't get along too well with? Did you know there's a reason why you hit it off with some people and, there's, and you don't hit it off with others? And there's something you can do about that to try to hit it off with everybody? That's, that's part of understanding your personality style. And now how do you interface and how do you talk and how do you relate to people that are different than you? That's what, that's what session two is about. Session three, we're talking about how to fit into the body. And session four, we're talking about how to become an owner, make a difference, and there's a volunteer fair. You'll hear all about every, every ministry that's going on at Shiloh. Because our goal is that we want everybody to understand and feel like you're an owner here. We don't want you just to come as a renter. We want this to be your home as well as our home. So what we're asking is this, sign up for one, two, three, or four, but the prerequisite to take four is that you've gone to one, two, and three. All right, does that make sense? So, so let me show you in a little more detail. When we roll this out, the first class is going to be the end of March. We're holding these classes at the same time as first service or second service. So if you sign up and you've got kids, we're going to have childcare for your kids for the whole time that you're, you're in the class. So to start on March 31st, during first service, sign up and, and we'll be meeting downstairs while first service is going on upstairs. So it'll be happening in parallel. Now the goal of doing it during one service and not both is that perhaps you'd consider coming to one service for the growth track and then coming to the other service for, for church, that you don't have to miss church. So you can see we'll have first service offerings for the first four. Now let's say you happen to be on vacation on April 14th. Well, you know what? You can't sign up for step four on April 28th. What you need to do is sign up for step three on May 19th and then come again to step four on June 2nd. Does that make sense? So you've got to take one through three before you take four. But here's the first uh, three set, set a series of, of us rolling out these classes. We're going to take the summer off and then we'll get started a, again in the fall. So we want everyone that's a part of Shiloh that hasn't been part of our pilot program, which were just the small group leaders, to, to look at these dates and to sign up. And, and you can go on our website, and that's the way you'll be signing up. But, but more importantly than that, look at this and say, you know what, I want to learn how I become an owner at Shiloh. Because it's about belonging. And, and God has called all of us to belong. And I want that sense that no matter who you are, if you feel like you're on top of the world, you belong. You feel like you're at the bottom of the world. You belong too because we all come together and, and that's what God wants to do in an expression called Shallow Community Church, that we would all come together and belong. So in that last class, we're going to have an opportunity for all of you. We'll, we'll be talking about this thing called an ownership covenant. And in the ownership covenant, it, we, we've got a number of things that we're going to be looking at. The first is that we believe God has placed us in this local family. Whenever you come to church, that's really what you need to hear from God. God, is this the place you're placing me as part of a family? Psalm 68 says this, that God takes the lonely and he puts them in a family. God doesn't desire for any of us to try to be Christians in isolation. We, we need the family of God for a reason. We've been created to belong. So has God, has God placed you in this local family? Look at the leadership here. 
are these elders and pastors, elders and pastors that you can trust to take the spiritual vision that God has given us and, and move this church forward? If you feel like that, then this is a place that God has called you to. If not, you know what? There's a lot of other churches. Maybe you should consider going to another church. That's okay. If God has called us here as owners, then we're going to protect the unity of our church. Unity is something that's very precious, but it takes all of us to have that unity. You might remember when we showed the Finding Nemo clip and we had all the fish swimming down. Imagine if there was just a couple of fish in the middle that decided, I don't really want to swim down, I'm going to swim up. You know, it messes the whole ecosystem up in terms of trying to overwhelm the net when they were all swimming down and some just decided, I don't want to swim down. Unity is important. We all share in the responsibility of our church, right? Church doesn't happen without all of us kind of shouldering the weight. We share in the responsibility. We serve the mission. I, I want us all to know this mission statement in our hearts. So we serve that mission statement not by just holding it on the inside, but how we express it to others. And we say, hey, I want you to, to know God. I want you to find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference. And then lastly, we all uphold the integrity of our church. I, I would never want it said about me, you know what, I've seen Greg at his house and he's not the same Greg as he's when he's standing in the pulpit. I don't want to go to that church. That would be a bad representation of who Shiloh is if I live my life that way. But you know, it's not just me, it's all of us. How, how are we living our lives in the workplace, right? Protect the integrity of our church by saying, all right, if you mess up, get up, apologize, right? But let's be genuine in our faith and we all uphold the, the integrity of our church in that way. So after we do the four classes, class four, we have an ownership uh, covenant that, that will be given. Then there's an opportunity for you to meet with your small group leader or to meet with an elder. And, and why? Why do we want that meeting? Because you know what? There's, a re there's something that happens in the relationship that we form with one another. That's how we learn to come together in community and, and we can learn how to make a difference. So, so we're going to be giving all of you that invitation that you can come together with either this, your small group leader or with an elder. Now let's say you don't go to a small group. That's fine. Maybe you want to start as this process, we're going to be encouraging you, get in a small group. That's the best thing about Shiloh is what happens in our small groups. So I've got a short story to tell you. You might remember last week when I was talking about Ephesians 4 and that we, we need to make allowance for one another's faults and to live in patience and be humble and gentle. Remember that scripture in Ephesians 4? And I shared an experience how we were driving on Route 80 to, to visit my son who had an appendicitis and he had to get his appendix out. And Route 80 just drives me bonkers because the trucks on a two-lane road, man, they just, like, one is on the right lane, one is on the left lane, and, and they're both going about 50 when the speed limit's 70. And I, as a doer, I can't take that. I just, just something inside me. I just start, oh, it's tough. So God brings this person to my small group for the first time. Never been to a small group before. Hey, so what do you do for work? Oh, I drive a truck. Uh, no, you don't drive a truck. Yeah, and you know what? I listened to your message, and I got issue with some of the things you said. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to protect the integrity of my church. Um, but you know, we had a wonderful conversation, and he gave me the trucker's perspective of the guy flashing his lights. And he's like, yeah, I just want to give you the middle finger. Like, you, you are not doing me any favors when you're flashing your lights trying to get ahead. When, I, when I'm ready to get over, I'll get over, right? Because for, for truckers, it's all about momentum and inertia. Um, and I'm like, okay, I, I can appreciate that. So like we, we agreed to disagree on some things, but I had a different understanding having, having had that talk with him. So we all come together. 
But I would not have had that understanding with him if he wasn't in my small group when we got a chance to talk. See what I'm saying? So, so it's more powerful if you're in a small group and you have a conversation with your small group leader. They'll be able to help you understand what does making a difference look like, whether it's, it's you know, operating in one of the ministries here at Shiloh or just uh, volunteering at the food pantry or at 1269 or, or international mission trip or something. But God has called us all to make a difference. Now, lest you say this statement to me, I've heard it before and I want to give you my answer. You know what? I'm, I'm older. I don't feel like God's called me to anything. I'm just kind of sitting out until my days are over. You know what? If God has you breathing here on this earth, then he's still got a purpose for you. Your purpose is not over. I, I remember when my mom got older, her husband had passed away. She felt like her purpose had just gone. She didn't have a purpose anymore. Like, Mom, if you're still here in this earth, God has a purpose for you. You've got so many gifts and talents. How are you going to give them away? Well, I don't drive at night. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go there. Then invite people to your house. And she started to have all kinds of young women come over to her house and do Bible studies and invest in them. And she raised a whole other group of, of, of children after she had already raised her own. So all of us have a difference to make, whether it's volunteering here to ministry at Shallow or just volunteering and ministering in the body of Christ at large. What is making a difference for you look like? We, we want you to understand that. But as we look at this ownership, I, I want us also to look at what do we see in the early church in terms of belonging? Because the early church gives us a, a really good uh, insight into what belonging looks like. And it says this in Acts 9, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Isn't this an amazing expression of what belonging looks like? That, that when we come together, we belong together, we're there for one another. We'll even go as far as selling our possessions to help one another out. So i give you one story about Gina. This is Gina Day. I'm going to give you another story about Gina, a very recent story. Uh, she found, her and her husband found themselves in a situation where he was accused of a crime. And they didn't have a lot of money, so they, they hired a lawyer, but the lawyer turned out not to be a very good liar, lawyer. And, and they went through the whole week of of trial. And, and at the end of the trial, my, my brother-in-law told me, you know what, if I was the jury listening to what these guys presented and, and what little my lawyer did, I would find me guilty. And, and you know what, the jury found my brother-in-law guilty. Now, I, he maintains his innocence and I believe he's innocent. He's innocent. But he had just bad representation. So my sister came to the rest of the family and said like, we don't know what to do, but we feel like he's innocent. He's sentenced to go to prison but we want to get another lawyer for appeal and we don't have the money. And you know what? Her seven brothers and sisters came together like getting lawyers at this caliber is tens of thousands of dollars. But we came together and said, we're all going to chip in equally and, and we're going to help her go retain a lawyer to try to prove her husband's innocence. So my, my brother went to jail at the end of January. He's in jail right now. His appeal is coming up in April. But you know what? As families, when we come together I want to say this, belonging is giving. There, there's times when you, when you get a sense this is your family, like you will do whatever it takes for another family member. That, that's just what the family of God does. Just like my family is coming together right now around my twin sister and, and just believing with her and, and expecting great things to come out of this. So we see in, in Acts, it said all believers were together and had everything in common. 
they sold their possessions and goods and gave to anyone as they had need. Isn't that crazy to, to consider that people would do that? But it's crazy to consider what God gives us a, a, all an opportunity to do here on a Sunday morning, that we would come together. Gary Potterman last week when he shared about making a difference, he said for him, making a difference is learning how to give generously. And, and he apologized a little bit for, you know, sometimes people, people hear those words and they take a little bit of offense. Oh yeah, church, it's all about giving. No, it's not all about giving. But when you understand that you belong, there's a sense that, okay, I, I want to be a part of what's going on here. I, I want to give as well. Because it doesn't happen. The lights don't stay on if we all don't, don't, don't do our part. And Gary shared this, that Jesus is the most generous person who ever lived because what? He left the comfort of heaven and he came to earth to, to give his life for you and I that we could have a relationship with him. We see the generosity of God. And then, and then we, see the, we see what God says about sowing and reaping. And, and Gary shared this scripture last week. I'll read it to you, having it up on the screen, because last week he, just, he read it to you without it being on the screen. It says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what do I see in that scripture? Belonging is giving. God, God doesn't look for what amount you give, but he looks for the heart in which you give it. Now, if, if you want some guidance about an amount, you can look all throughout scripture, and it does give us guidance. You'll see in the Old Testament before the law, what God told the Israelites is you should give a tenth of your first fruit. So the first fruit might be what, whatever their crops were, they needed to give a tenth of, of that crop so that the church would survive and, and, and it would all take place and, and happen. So people will ask me, Greg, do I need to tithe on my gross or my net? It's a great question. Which do you consider your first fruit? Is it your gross or your net? I, I've always looked at it. If I'm giving something away, it's not my first fruit anymore. That's my second fruit then, right? So that's, that's my understanding of it, but it's for you to go to the Lord and say, God, what, what would you have me give? I've, also, I've also, also gotten another question. Well, you know, the way I do my tithe, there's a lot of different ministries I support. I give this amount to the church. I give this to another ministry, another ministry, etc. And we kind of spread it all around. Well, back in, in, the, in the Israelite time, if, if you spread it all around, first you've got to take care of your sheepfold. So they gave the tithe to their local assembly so that those priests were taken care of and that ministry happened. And then they had a name for what you do with the other ministry opportunities that you want to give to. They called that an offering or they called it an alm if it was something given to the poor. So that's some, some, uh, some knowledge and some education that we can see from the Word of God. But what I want you to take away is this. Whatever you give, that's something you decide that's in your heart to give. Do you have to give if you come to Shiloh? No, you don't need to give your money here. But my hope is that as you understand what belonging looks like and you feel like this is my family, you want to give. You want an opportunity. God, let me be a part of this. I, I want to I support what's going on. So let's take it home by considering, okay, what is it that we've talked about this morning? Don't just believe, belong. Some of you are here this morning and you, you believed in God for your whole life. But maybe God hasn't radically transformed your life like he's transformed mine or someone sitting next to you because you've never said, God, I'm all in. God, I, I want to give you my life. Jesus gave his life for us. It's not until we give our lives back to him that we, uh, we experience and we can recognize and understand what a relationship with him looks like. 
So maybe you're here this, this morning and you said, I believed in God, but I've never been all in. I've never said, God, would you live through me and in me? Would you forgive my sins? Today is an opportunity for you to take that faith that you've had, that belief in God, and, and make an action step where you say a prayer to God to say, God, I'm all in. And, and I want to be a part of this family. I want to belong. What does it look like to be an owner or a renter? And which one are you? Which one am I? My heart is that all of us would come together and say, you know what? I want to be an owner here. I don't want to just be a renter. I want this to feel like it's my home, not it's a home someone else's owns and I'm coming to it. God, would you challenge me on my giving? Am I a generous giver? Do I give an attitude of, of appreciation and love that I want to give back? Or am I like, oh, it's so hard to pull the dollar out of my pocket and put it in the offering? God wants us to be generous. That's a hard attitude. And, and lastly, would you consider signing up for Growth Track? Here's, here's how we're doing signups. We're asking you to go to the website, go to Next Steps, and there'll be all the different dates, and you can click on what you want to do. Step one here, you want to do step two there, and, and you can put your name in and, and reserve a space for you. Now, I will say this. Because it's downstairs, we can't fit everybody in the church, in, in the room downstairs. It's going to be limited in space. So you may find an opportunity where you sign up and there's, there's space, or you try to sign up and it says, sorry, this class is full. That's okay, because here's what we're going to do. All of our lives are busy and they change. If, if something happens and it's coming close to Sunday, you know you're not able to come, then just take your, take your uh, reservation back. You can go on an, an, an un-RSVP, so to speak. And then if you want to go, check in on a Thursday or a Friday. Maybe space has opened up. But, but our hope is that we're going to get as many people as want to go through between now and June, and we'll be starting, starting classes back up in September. So let's stand together as we close. I want to pray over this concept of don't just believe, belong. Because I think there's something for all of us to recognize that, okay, it's not just you. We all have this need to belong. And, and I want to make sure that there's anyone that's here that you know that there's a place for you here at Shiloh. You belong. There's no judgment here at Shiloh if your sin looks different than someone else's sin. Because we're, we're all looking to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. We're all looking to say, God, I'm imperfect. Lord, show me how I change. Show me how I, I can affect uh, understanding to know you more, to find more freedom, to discover my purpose and make a difference. So let's pray. God, I, I thank you for this series, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity that all of us have, Lord, to belong to a, a, an a local expression of the body of Christ. Lord, and if this, is, if this is the church you're calling us to, if this is that expression, God, I thank you for an opportunity that we can say, yes, it is. We don't want to be owners. We don't want to be renters. Lord, would you challenge all of us in our giving? God, if, if we're not giving with the right heart, Lord, show us that. And, and we want to correct that, God. We, we want to be gracious and we want to be loving. And, and we want to be a family that, that takes care of one another in our giving, not giving out of obligation. So, Lord, I, I thank you for each one that's here. I pray you for each of us. Lord, and, and we pray all these things in your precious holy name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Thank you.